Welcome to Before You Go Podcast. My name is Alex. I'm here with Pastor Jed, and today we want to continue this series on isolation. Last episode, we talked about isolation in particular towards uh, leadership when they are isolating you and what that looks like, how to endure. Today, we want to talk about isolation in terms of broken relationships, and in particular, how a lot of times that leads to a road of hopelessness and depression. Jed? Yeah, this is something that we deal with regularly because let's face it, whether you're involved in the church or not, we all have relationships. Here's what happens within a relationship. You you begin um, at a very surface level. It's like highs and whatever. And all of a sudden, you know, whether you're working with someone or whether it's at church, you you begin to connect with that person. Um, as a result, the, the more you connect with that person, the more you enjoy spending time with them, the more you you talk about different things. And of course, that always starts pretty surfacey, um, just like whatever it is, work stuff, church stuff, ministry stuff. And then all of a sudden, eventually it leads to um, you begin to share parts of your life with that person. Uh, you, you share your thoughts, you share maybe even sometimes the longings of your heart where you're like, Ooh, you know, if I could be anything, Alex, I would be you. And uh, I'm just having a little fun, but you know, like, you know, we start to like share parts of our, of our story with people. And then eventually you're going to have a uh, conflict within that relationship. Now, obviously that goes one of two ways. You, you either out of that conflict, press into it. The relationship becomes stronger it's like what the Bible says, iron sharpens iron, or you don't pre press into it and you kind of like pull away. And that's something that we see pretty frequently within, within church, um, you know, particularly within church ministry where people have uh, developed a relationship. It's turned into moments of prayer together, times where we, you share your life with the person. Maybe you've had them over for meals. You've, your families have connected and you know, whenever there's a rift in the relationship, all of a sudden you begin to drift apart. If it was that simple, though, uh, I don't think that we would be having a podcast on it. It isn't just the drifting apart. It's how we are left feeling when those relationships begin to break down, those friendships begin to break down, and then the onslaught of isolation that we experience. That was really good. What, what kind of words would you use? To, to name that feeling of when someone that we've gone really close to, we've been vulnerable with, that they, uh, or for whatever reason, kind of turns on you or just isolates, kind of think of other people kind of pushing you out. What would you, how would you describe that feeling? The first word that comes to my mind is betrayal. And the person does not necessarily have, uh, they, they, that doesn't mean they necessarily betrayed you, but in your heart, you, you're taking steps to get to know them and vice and, you know, giving them the chance to get to know you. But whenever there is such a, uh, a change in the relationship, it feels like a betrayal. Uh, again, doesn't mean that they did betray you. I mean, plain and simple, we're not always like the, the innocent victim. Like sometimes we have a part in that. So getting to the point, like that's the first word that comes to my mind. There I can say, Alex, there have been people in my life in, in church that I've gotten to know. I've I spent time praying with them, for them, people I feel very connected to. And all of a sudden, because of whatever maybe the circumstances are in their life, they stop regularly attending. They stop, you know, um, spending time with me or or like schedules don't allow us to spend time together. But the point is, 
whenever they move away, this is just me from a pastor's perspective sharing this, when they move away or, or, or stop, you know, coming because they're just too busy, that feels like a betrayal to me. And not to be overly dramatic, but it's like, man, I thought we had a relationship and now it feels like this isn't true necessarily, but it feels like you were only friends with me because then you had someone that was always at your beck and call for, you know, uh, when you had a need or when you, when you wanted to do something, that's how it feels. It's hard not to internalize it. And that's like, I don't mean to, to like be weird about it, but that's part of the isolation. I mean, it's hard not to internalize when a relationship takes a turn um, and it's just not as close and you feel isolated. Those are some of the things that immediately come to my mind. I know that that's not unique to me. I know that um, you've experienced things like that. Alex, what are some things you'd either add to that or, you know, just other things that you're thinking about within the realm of how that happens? Yeah, I think what you're saying there that there's different degrees where there's a, a natural just drift apart, whether it be distance or time. Then there's those two, there's a, some kind of conflict and you break intentionally. And then there's those that even hurt even further that not only break, but like they just turn on you. It's unexpected from everything we've been through, you've invested in. But all three of those, there's a very similar response. Like there's obviously different degrees in, in different ways, but there's that similar feeling of even in that sense of you kind of drifting, you're kind of wanting more. There's that sense of betrayal. And I, I like this psalm that you referred to, uh, Jed, the Psalm 55. Maybe you didn't say it, but I know that you, you've been processing it. And in Psalm 55, uh, I believe uh, we're looking at verses 12 through 14. Yep. And the psalm was written by King David. And in that psalm, if I can read it here, Jed, he writes, For it is not an enemy who taunts me, that I could bear it. It is not an adversary who deals insolently with me, that I could hide from him. But it is you, a man, my equal, my companion, my familiar friend, we used to take sweet counsel together within God's house. We walked in the throng. Let death steal over them. Let them go down to shield alive. For evil is in their dwelling place and in their heart. And we hear David that that feeling of betrayal of just being crushed, where he says, "Hey, if this was an enemy doing this to me, I'd be fine. Whatever, right? What can I expect? If it is an adversary, kind of the same idea. No, oh, it is what it is, right? I can escape it, but it's not. It's you. It's my friend." We were at church together. We went to the temple of God together. We were together. You were my friend and my companion. And now I'm getting this from you. And you get that, that sense of betrayal. We talk about David a lot, do we not? We talk about the Psalms a lot in our podcast because David's very, uh, just very open and honest. Like this is what's going on and I'm falling apart. And I know that we can relate with it because a lot of times we feel like we're falling apart in these situations. Yeah. And that's, I mean, it makes sense to go to the Psalms then and, and, and hear how, people who have gone before us have, have journeyed that out or, you know, shared their heart. And, you know, Alex, um, I just think it's such a, a part of the church uh, that, that we don't talk a lot about. In fact, can I say something that's kind of, oh, it's almost funny in a sense because people come to church looking for two things. Typically um, they want to know about God. They want a relationship with God. But the second thing that they're looking for is relationships with like-minded people. They're looking for relationships with people who also want to pursue God. So even like, you know, within the church, a lot of times we say stuff like, hey, if you're ready to get connected, here's your next step. Well, connected to what? Well, of course, God, the mission of the church, but people. If you're ready to be connected to people, 
then here's your next step. You know what we almost need to, to say though is, hey, but just remember, as you get connected to people, people are still people and we all let one another down. We all do things that we don't want to do or regret or whatever. But my point is like, there will be conflict. So, hey, come get connected and then experience conflict and then work through it. Cause that's what we're going to do because we're not just going to give up on each other because that seems easy in the short run. And in the long run, we just feel more isolated because of those broken relationships. If we just give up. I thought that was really good. The expectation that you will be hurt. That's expected. We see that with in the New Testament, Paul talking about when he talks about the church, he then talks about forgiveness. He talks about living with each other the best we can, overlooking sins to each other, the forgiving, being gracious, the, <clears throat> the most we can to live in peace with people. He goes into that a lot. Don't seek vengeance on someone. So he understands that going into that conflict. And I, it reminds me of a past podcast that we did, the cost of connection, right? The cost of connection. There's no way we can be uh, getting what we want in a relationship if we're not vulnerable, if we're not risking the pain we'll get from betrayal. You know who that reminds me of? Uh, another man. His name starts with J. Jesus. Yeah, I was kind of setting that up. But man, Alex, you know, as we're processing through this and thinking about relationships, I mean, here you've got Jesus perfectly uh, human, perfectly God. And he's walking with people. He knows what people's thoughts are, the intentions of their heart. And, and yet, even with his disciples, the, the closest three that he had, Peter, James, and John, the ones he spent the most amount of time with, and of course, all the other disciples who spent three years walking with them, even Peter is like, hey, you know, you're not going to go to the cross. And Jesus is like, get behind me, Satan. You know, and, and my point within that is like Jesus actually models for us how to continue to restore relationships so that we don't just have broken relationships. So we don't just give up on them. Um, you know, Jesus teaches us how we can restore relationships and, and how does he do that? Well, quite frankly, and, and primarily he, he does that because he's patient uh, with Peter. He's loving. I mean, even when Peter was like, you know what? I screwed up. I messed up. I'm just going to go fish. I'm just going to go, you know, uh, sulk or, or pout or whatever it is, you know, like, I'm just going to give up. What does Jesus do? Jesus like pursued him. And, and it's like, man, wouldn't that be great if people pursued us that way? Like, I mean, I know that for me, it would be whenever I mess up or, or I want to just pout, you know, and I'm experiencing isolation because of a broken friendship or broken relationship. I wish they would pursue me, but you know what? Sometimes we need to be the pursuer. Sometimes we need to go after that person and, you know, even as I share this story, Alex, or, or give this illustration, there are parts of me that feel convicted because I know that there are relationships that I could pursue right now, that I could go after, that I could model Jesus to them. But it's like, dang, man, it really hurts, though. I mean, it hurts even thinking about stepping into that because of what that relationship has already costed me. So, you know, here I am, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, on the podcast with you, but I'm also listening to the podcast so, or I'm going to be, what would you tell a person like me who's like, okay, Alex, I know I should step into that. I know I should model Christ to that person, um, but like, I don't want to, <laughs> I know, like, I'm like a little kid. I don't want to. That was really good. Uh, there's a few things, all right? 
the first thing I don't mean to to ruin your momentum here. Uh, and this is not all what you're meaning, but you don't need to step into your abuse again. You don't need to be a, like set yourself up to be abused again. That's not what I just talked about. I just want to qualify that statement. But to a, a person that's not abusing you, but uh, that's that that broken relationship. Um, that's where what came, seems to come back to a lot. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. The idea that that pain that they caused you. It's not done away with. It's not gone. It's not automatically resolved, but it's no longer holding it against them. It's forgiven. It still impacts me. I'm still in pain every day. I'm still carrying that, but I no longer hang that against you and hold that against you. You're free. I forgive you. That is not easy, especially when you feel that pain. You don't want to go to church. You know what happened last time. You hate open up the Bible because you know what it was like. Someone beating you over the head with it, not in an appropriate way, but in an abusive way. You don't want to. You carry that. Even after you choose to forgive that person that's still in your mind, you're still going through it, but you're choosing not to hold that against that person. You've forgiven them. Man, I just, I want to say, I'm so glad that you qualified that with, we are not encouraging people to step back into an abusive situation when someone's already proven that, you know, they can't be trusted, at least in this season. But I, I then want to jump on what you said. You're right. I mean, when we forgive, like there is a cost to forgiveness. It's, 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 it's crazy to think about that, but there's a cost because when we forgive, like you're saying, Alex, um, like we, we have to surrender like to God, we have to give that up to God. And, and we know those are the right things to do. But when we surrender that to God, there's also a connection with God that happens that that brings community. Do you have some thoughts to that? that that's so good. That that same idea of cost. There's a cost of connection. You're risking and there's a cost of forgiveness and you're paying that cost. You're still affected, but you're paying the cost for that person. Just like with Christ, he paid the cost so that we could be forgiven. We pay the cost that we're still impacted by. It. We're still hurt, but we let we let you go. We'll, we'll take that cost with us. You go free. And so that just the connection is costly. Relationships are costly. Friendships are very costly. Being in the church, the fellowship of the church is costly. But is it worth it? Yes. Yeah, right. Because there's, there's, there's the, blah, 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 blah. eventually I'll get some words there. But it, the cost is uh, worth it because if you don't have that, then you just end up by yourself, isolated and alone. And you know what? That's, that's not the way that God's created us. He's created us for community. Uh, first with him and then with others you know last time we re were recording we talked a little bit about uh, uh, David and Jonathan and there was a, a friendship there that was really I think of Jonathan's situation even in that like here he has his best friend in the world David who's really at odds with his dad Saul and I mean how does Jonathan process through that situation like you know uh, if I side with David, I lose my dad. If I side with my dad, I lose my best friend. I mean, that is a tough spot to be in. And I can't imagine how isolated Jonathan felt within all of that, because no matter what he chose, he was going to lose. I mean, he had to sneak out uh, of the castle, basically, to go warn David, you know, to flee, because if he didn't warn David, David was going to be killed. Um, but then, then he's going to go sit and eat with his dad again. It's like, you know, man, I can't imagine how isolated Jonathan must have felt through that whole situation. And I know there's people, Alex, today who are listening 
who are processing through some of the same stuff. Like, you know, Hey, I can't be on my pastor's side and you know, my friend's side because of the position I'm in. Like I feel isolated. I, this is more complex than, you know, one relationship or another. It's like, I'm, I'm in the middle. I'm in the middle of it. That's, that's hard stuff. Got some thoughts on that? It's like a, it's like a sandwich or, you know. Well, I'm just, honestly, I'm just kind of thinking through uh, kind of what you were saying, just what relationships are like that with me, where um, in particular those, as David said, like we're companions, what happened? Like, why is it that you did that to me? Uh, not neglecting um, my involvement in things. That's not what I'm overlooking, but just the idea of like, what, what was that? Like, I could endure this if this was someone who wanted to kill me or whatever, some enemy, but this is someone who has invested with me they, they we've been on mission together we've been doing things together uh talked about how much they love me said love my family and now they just turn on me it just said that that feeling of well was this worth it was it worth going through that uh for this isn't there some type of like saying um you know it's better to have loved and lost than to never have known love I don't know. Isn't that? Yes. Okay. Does that apply to these? There's a saying. I, yes. I, go on. I'm not saying it's biblical. I'm just like, you know, thinking it through and it's like, well, I wonder if it, if, you know, it's better to have known a close friend and process the pain of it than not even to have known a close friend. I don't know. I mean, God, we know he wants to teach us something through it, but it still is very difficult. I bet you. I, I don't know for sure because I've never been in it. Widows, widowers, if you ask them, was it worth it? Was it worth spending that many decades with them and you lost them? Was it worth it? And I am almost 100% sure they'd say, of course. I'd do it again. If I only had five years with them, I'd do it again. You know, wow, that's, that's a profound thought, Alex. Um, yeah, and that doesn't take away the, the pain and the isolation that they've experienced whenever there's a loss there. Um, but listeners, one thing that, you know, we really want to continue to uh, help, help each of us to see, I mean, and I say us, that's us too, is that isolation, like at its worst, is so painful. And we experience isolation um, in a variety of different ways. Last week, or last podcast, we talked about through leadership, this one through broken friendships. Um, next week, we're going to talk about the pain of isolation when we feel like God is distant. But, you know, just we want you to know that we're for you. We, we want you to um, continue to process through the situations and the scenarios that you're working through. We want you to have hope. We want to try to provide that because Jesus says that, you know, the church is his bride and, and he wants to protect her and he wants to build her up and he wants for his church to be spotless and blameless. And, you know, those are the things that, that God says he wants in his word through Ephesians chapter five, particularly. And Alex and I, we're very passionate about, passionate about building up the church, building people up. And so, you know, that's why we're trying to ta uh, tackle some of these difficult topics. And, and it isn't so that we can, you know, exploit areas where there's failures that we would say failures within the church, because these are the same failures that whether you're in church or not, like you're, you're going to experience that. You're going to experience broken friendships. Um, you're going to experience disappointment at work. You're going to experience disappointment in your family. 
those are just you know facts of life but how we do that and where we turn to for healing and redemption uh, that makes a huge difference so alex i'm just kind of winding things down is there any other thoughts that you wanted to uh, make sure we covered in this episode no i i, I was just thinking through that the the theme of isolation uh we were never meant to be isolated we think about when god created man it's not good for man to be alone and then he brings in marriage we think about the church that like in the new testament there's there's there was no such thing as a a, a believer that's not a part of a local church that just not wasn't a thing you're part of the body of christ everyone has a role you're connected i think of uh god himself the the triune god god the father god the son god the holy spirit co-equal for all eternity this relational one god three persons this it's never meant for isolation we were built for connection it's costly but we were built for this we we're meant for this that's a great way to end it alex and just a really wholesome reminder listeners we know that um you you may be working through some of this yourself and we want you to know that we are praying for you we pray for our listeners regularly and you also may know somebody who else who, who's working through some of this um, isolation through broken friendships. And maybe the most loving thing that you can do is to send them this podcast and, and say, hey, just want you to know, uh, listen to this podcast. I'm thinking about you. I care about you. I love you. I want the best for you. And it, it was helpful to me. I hope it's helpful to you. But what we want to do again is to just uh, try to continue to promote healing and health. And so Listeners, if you know of somebody who this podcast could benefit, we do want to ask that you would consider sharing it with them. Um, and again, hit like, subscribe, helps you to find us each time we release a new episode. And as, as always, it's a pleasure to be able to do this show with you. We're looking forward to the next one. Until then, God bless. God bless.